0: Good morning and happy Self-Care Sunday. This is your host, Sophia Nelson. We have a great show for you today. I have a guest on who has walked through the unthinkable. She, at one moment, was a young wife, mother, uh, had a career in national security. Everything in her world was great. Beautiful home, everything you could want. And then one day, her husband, also a very young man, said, He felt funny and he smelled something funny and uh, wasn't feeling well so they left where they were. They took him to the ER and within two hours their lives had been radically changed. He was seriously ill with a terminal illness and within over a year or so he passed. She had to shift, she had to handle her grief, the grief of her children, handle the finances and find her way back again. This is a great interview. It's going to bless you. Let's go. Thanks, everybody. This is your host, Sophia Nelson, and it's Self-Care Sunday, and you know I love Sunday. It's my favorite day of the week because it's the first day of the week, actually. Everybody thinks that's Monday, but it's really Sunday, and it's a day for reflection and rest and respite. And on this podcast, we talk about the deep things that help us to take better care of ourselves my guest today is someone who I'm a dear friend with and who I admire and who has been through a lot in the last two years. Uh, her name is Angela Carey. She is a holistic life coach who specializes in assisting professional women expand and achieve their full potential. She's a mom of three daughters, and uh, I'm going to let her tell you a little bit more about herself, but we're going to talk today about resilience resilience. Uh, second chances, starting over and walking through grief uh, and how we do it in a way that gives us a new lease on life, a new opportunity, a new outlook. And I think that we end Black History Month uh, as we go into Women's History Month starting March the 1st, that we uh, dig a little deeper into the things that we don't often talk about. So Angela, thank you for being here and welcome to the show. Thank you so
1: much, Sophia. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: So let's get right into it. Why don't you tell us a little bit about In Her Work, which I love that name and I (laughs) love the way it's spelled. And um, I had the great blessing of speaking at your first retreat last year in Boca and uh, it was wonderful. And uh, I really want folks to know a little bit more about what you do and what the work you do is about. So, So tell us and then tell us how people can follow you, find you.
1: Absolutely. So, yes, inner work um, came to me probably during one of the darkest periods of my life. Um, Many people know my story, but in short, um, I became a widow um, two years ago uh, when my husband died at 42 from glioblastoma. And many people are familiar with glioblastoma through um, Senator John McCain's passing, Senator Ted Kennedy. Um, President Joe Biden's son also passed from glioblastoma, but it's a very aggressive form of brain cancer. And oftentimes there's just no symptoms um, besides maybe a headache. And within 18 months, he was gone. And um, as you mentioned, I had three small kids, three small girls, and I was faced with quite quickly um, just the fragility of life and how quickly things could change. And those of you who are familiar with grief know that when you are going through something so traumatic, life continues to happen, right? So I was dealing with a life-changing event, but then I also still had to get up every morning and, you know, go to work. And I still had to make sure my girls were okay. And I still had to make sure my mother was okay, who was also a widow, but was out of, was living out of town. Um, So during that whole moment or that whole season, I really had to dig deep Um, and don't forget, we were also going through a pandemic, right? So it was just, everything was topsy-turvy for me. And it really forced me, one, to really figure out what was really important for me. And I think a lot of people had that mindset, you know, questioning their purpose, questioning the importance and what should be prioritized. And as I was looking at the end of life for my husband, my soulmate, I really had to dig deep and figure out how I could maintain my peace, how I could build on the inner strength that I had, I know I had, and what would be my stability. And through that whole journey, um, through the time that he passed and onward, I developed this program called Inner Work because I felt that so many of us as women, especially African American women, we have so many different roles and we play so many different parts in other people's lives. You know, we're like the point of contact for a creative output. We are the caregivers, we we give so much, but we're the last person on the totem pole. And I flipped that script and decided to just really focus on making women realize they have to take care of themselves first, and then they can be a blessing to other people.
0: You know, um, you said a lot there. Um, we could park there and talk for hours about what <laughs> right. you said. Um, and to my listeners around the globe, uh, what I want you to take away from just this very first introduction is a few things, um, because I think it matters. Um You know, Angela, if you go to your website, which is AngelaCarrie.com, A-N-G-E-L-A-K-E-R-R-I.com, and I recommend that you all do so. I love the splash page. Um, There's a great picture of you and there's a journal and a cup of coffee, but it says heal from within. And then you've got shifting to your purpose. And I think that what uh, intrigues me and draws me to your story because it's a familiar story, um, is that in this dark moment, and I think a lot of people living right now in this time are living in dark moments, whether it's sick loved ones being caregivers, uh, divorce, uh, domestic violence, um, mm-hmm. Uh, losing your job, your income, your financial stability, having a child with special needs or maybe disabled, whatever it is you're going through, it seems to me that you made a decision. And I want to talk about that because you had two paths you could have chosen, right? Mm. There's the path we can choose to lean into the darkness, uh, to lean into the thing that seeks to defeat us, hurt us, destroy us, break us, and we can stay there. And nobody would think less of us. Everybody would go, yeah, I get it. Or there's another choice we can make. And that choice is to take that darkness and to take that storm and to think, to take that pain and to turn it into purpose and to turn it into something that's light, that shines light and that helps others to learn from what we've lived through. And so you clearly chose the latter. Um, <laughs> right. I want to talk about that and how you made that shift into your purpose and how is the healing from within going? And, and then, you know, kind of what would be the takeaways for people if they're living through what you went through or something similar
1: um, right now? Yeah. It's so interesting that you bring that point up. And as you were talking um, it's almost like I relived that moment um, because you are right. I was faced with two paths And that day, as clear as day, I was actually sitting at the feet of my husband at the time, and he was very ill at this point and not very um, communicative. And I was just sitting at his feet, um, talking, and I looked up and realized he was not there. You know, like, you know, those of you who know about end of life or terminal illness, the first... you can see it in their eyes they're just that that windowless vacant Mm. look and I knew at that point that he was leaving he was no longer the person I knew Mm. and at that moment I started to let the tears fall and I felt that darkness like trying to pull me saying okay give up this is just just go ahead and descend into depression you you can't do too much. And then I sat there and it was just kind of this, I don't even know, it was just that moment of the deepest soul work I had to do. And I thought about my children. And even that did not get me out of my funk at that moment. And then I thought about myself. And to a lot of people, that sounds very different, because it's usually other people that inspire you. But at the end of the day, when you are faced with something that is life altering, if you cannot think that you are worth saving, there's no way that you can lean on, you know, I'm going to do it for my kids, or I'm going to do it for my mom, or I'm going to do it for my husband. You've got to find that moment where you say, I have to do it for me. I have to survive. I have to thrive for me. And I even think about... um, First Lady, former First Lady Michelle Obama, when she would talk about how much, you know, President Obama loves her so much and just would always give her accolades and advocate for her. And she said she had to reach a moment in her life to say, if I don't believe it for myself, I can't receive all of that from someone else. And so the same thing applied. And so at that moment, I said, I have to do this for me. And so when I got up off the ground, I never looked back and by that I mean, I never went back and said, I will not succumb to that kind of grief. I won't succumb to that darkness because I have to thrive. And those are the moments that I draw on and I put into my program. And when I talk to women and I say, you have to know that you are worth it, that your purpose, that your destiny is, is there. Um, even in the darkest of times, um, you're being formed, you're being pruned, you're, you're growing. Um, and there I experienced post-traumatic growth as opposed mm. to post-traumatic <laughs> disorder. You know, it's, those are two paths. Mm. And that's an actual psychological term, post-traumatic growth, Um you, know- you can take those times and turn it around. Uh,
0: As Oprah would say, that's an aha moment. I want to go back to something you said. You said, you have to believe I'm worth saving. And again, to those of you listening to my voice around the world uh, today, I need you to really sit with that because it's not just in a moment of crisis or in a moment of loss or even in a moment of grief. It's in a moment of everyday living. Are you worth it to yourself to pursue that dream? Are you worth it to yourself to open yourself to love again? Are you worth it to yourself to change careers? Because you know, you hate the one you're in, and you really want to do something else. Are you worth it to yourself to if you're in a marriage, and the marriage has probably been dead for years, but you're there for the kids or for the finances or whatever deal you've made with yourself? Are you worth it to to face your spouse and say, we need to go get counseling. We need to dig deeper. We need to try to find how we fell in love because I want more than this. Like, I yeah. feel like Angela, so many of us, it's all of us, all of us who are human beings. And that's the way that I, <laughs> I really think people ought to approach each other, not as male, female, black, white, gay, straight beings first. Yes, yes. If we can get to that level where we say, what do I want? My three questions that you guys know I bring it up on every podcast. Because <laughs> I want it in your soul. What yeah. do I want? What do I need? And how am I feeling? When you dare to ask that, you've got to wait for an answer. And it seems to me that in a moment of deep dis- darkness for you, you actually ask those questions yeah. of yourself. And yes, your kids have to be a big motivator because they are grieving and they're going to lose a father, and you're going to end up being the parent. You have to fill both roles, which I can't imagine the pressure and stress of that. But I love that you found the courage in that moment to say, am I worth saving? And you came up with, yes, I am. So, guys, that's the takeaway. If you hear nothing (laughs) else we say on this podcast, that's it. That's what you need to walk away with. I am worth it to do whatever that thing is that I want that I need or that I feel and I don't have to suppress it I don't have to deny it I don't have to lie about it I don't have to live a secret life at whatever it is I'm doing I'm a secret artist I'm a secret writer I'm I got a secret lover whatever I'm doing in secret I want to challenge you today to live that thing out loud yes and live that boldly Angela thoughts on that Absolutely.
1: I totally agree. And I love how you say that, because I think that's the ultimate challenge, especially now in this post COVID environment, as people are really under so much stress, mentally, physically, spiritually, having the courage to say yes to yourself, because we are our worst critic, you know, we, we criticize our own actions, our thoughts, our, our production or lack thereof, like that is huge. So. You have to be able to say yes to you. That takes so much courage and so much love, self-love, because how can you say yes to yourself without acknowledging you're worthy, acknowledging your brilliance, your talent, that you're worthy of love, that you're worthy of joy, Those are all things that we just don't take the time to think about because we're always looking at other people, but you've got to start within. And that's what inner work is all about. You've got to start within because if not, you're just kind of depleting yourself, giving your energy to people and nothing is coming back in, but you've got to start for yourself.
0: Yes. Um, Angela, I want to do what I call the lightning round I don't do this with everybody but I know you can handle it in the last Mm. 15 minutes we have Um, I want to give people some takeaways this is where we get into kind of the master class of it where you're the teacher and we're listening Um, talk to me about grief and how do you recommend and we've had Nelba Marquez Green on she lost Mm. her little girl at Sandy Hook Um, Mm. and I'm still I I got to tell you, I was afraid to do that interview and I avoided it. Um, mm. And she had to finally say to me, Sophia, get a hold of yourself. Like, let's do the interview. I, I, <laughs> and, and I was afraid because I didn't want to say the wrong thing. I don't right. want to do the wrong thing because I was covering the White House at the time. I was in the, the uh, press room when the president of the United States came in with tears in his eyes mm. and wrote this story to us. And yeah. we were all crying, of course. And it was horrible. And I can't imagine surviving something like that. I'm I'm friends with Fred Gutenberg, who lost his daughter at Parkland and others. And I, I, I watch these parents, right, lose the unthinkable, go through yes. the unimaginable and still show up as good human beings, still do good, still find a way to honor their children. And so pivoting to you who lost a husband. And, and and being young and everything's good one day, I know the backstory that our audience does and that you guys were literally at an event and your husband started to say he smelled something funny and you were right. like, okay. And and then he went to the ER later and they tell him he's got this horrible thing that he's not going to really recover from. And right. the the way that has to have turned your life upside down. But I want to get into this, I want to talk a little bit about grief and your thoughts on grief and how you get through it and how you would coach someone right now who's in grief, whatever that grief is, whether it's a loss of relationship, a child, God forbid, a, a loved one, a family member, a parent, whatever it is, how, how do we approach grief, Angela, and and walk through it?
1: So, you know, I'm going to say something that I don't think people talk enough about, especially the person that is grieving. When you are grieving, you are still concerned about other people. Um, So many times when you're going through the grieving process, especially at at its initial stage, you are surrounded by people who mean well, no doubt. You know, they are wanting to help you. They want to be around. They may not know what to say, but they just want to be a source of comfort for you. Um, But what ends up happening is, if you aren't careful, you end up catering to everyone's emotions, because you want everyone to be okay, that you're not okay. And over time, what ends up happening is, because grief is a long process, I don't think it ever ends, It just the the symptoms subside or become more manageable in your life. Um, But people have Whether they know it or not, they have almost this built in timetable about how long someone should be grieving or talking about their loss. And so, for the first three months or so, people are very cordial and understanding and and know that you're going to talk about it. But after that, they want to kind of move on. And whether they say it explicitly or not, they are saying to you, okay. I was there for you. This happened. It was horrible, but let's move on because I'm ready to move on. And so their actions or their, whatever they're talking about, it kind of puts you in a position to just swallow, swallow the grief and not show any more emotion. And you feel pressured to not talk about it anymore. Let's and put I a want, pin
0: in that. Let's stop <laughs> yeah. there again. I'm going to do an Oprah, like an, aha, another. Okay. So yeah. let me say something about this. Um, I think you're absolutely right, but I think you're highlighting something that Prince Harry talks about in his book Spare, and guys, if you Mm. haven't read it, read it, because it's not (laughs) the book you think it is, it's not just a dish on the dirt of the monarchy, he opens the book talking about the day his mother died, he's a 12-year-old boy, and he opens the book talking about his father sitting on his bed at Balmoral Castle, and the day before his mother has called him and his brother and they were playing and they were swimming and they didn't have time to talk to their mom. They rushed her off the phone. Yeah. I love you, mom. Talk to you Mm. later. Not realizing it would be the last time they talked to their mother. Mm. And he talks about now as a grown man with his own children, his vibrant and vivid memory of the day, his father comes into their room and sits on the bed and is telling them and he talks about how his father, King Charles, calls him darling boy. My darling boy, mm. mommy was in an accident. My darling boy, mommy was hurt badly. And he says he's waiting for the, okay, so she's in the hospital. We're going to go see her. Right. And what he realizes is that his father says mommy didn't make it. And trying to process that. But what he talks about, Angela, is what you're talking about, which is what we all saw on TV, which was the boys taking flowers and placing them for the grieving public.
1: Right. And he's right. like, wait a
0: minute. I'm a 12-year-old boy. My mother has just died. Why am I being made to take flowers from people who are wailing and screaming and didn't know my mother? Right. And I'm not allowed. They're telling me you now darling boy, keep a stiff upper lip and you want to make your your mom proud. Right. Mm -hmm. And he's talking about how he and William had to walk behind that casket and they didn't want to, but Mm -hmm. they were told it was the honorable thing to do. So they were taking care of the emotions of others and not themselves. And it has consequences to this day, clearly.
1: Yes, exactly. Exactly. So to me, it's honor yourself, honor your emotions do not you know conform to making other people comfortable. This is your grief. It's not comfortable. Not everybody can handle it, but your people can. You need to Amen. find your people. Know your road. <laughs> know your <laughs> road.
0: That's it. Yeah. And 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 what do I love to say? Stop being the go-to for people you can't. You can't go, go
1: to. to. That's so, it. So
0: um, all right. The next thing, lightning round growth. I want to talk about growing through grief. Talk to me a little bit about how you got from the grief that we talked about last night in my kitchen as we were devouring a (laughs) bottle of wine about, you know, how grief doesn't, um, it doesn't go away. Like you just learn to live with it. You turn the corner when things happen, but talk about the growth out of the grief.
1: Yeah. So, so to me, I think it's so important as you decide, okay, yes, I am worth saving. That's the first question. Once you've answered that, Then it becomes a question of, well, what am I going to do? Like, why am I worth saving? Like, what is, what's the purpose behind this? What's the destiny that's behind this? And a lot of times our purpose is tied to other people because it's not so much about us. It's about the people that we're called to or are called to help or impact. Like your story is going to be someone's survival guide. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I truly believe that for myself. And so- Amen. It's about finding your purpose. And that's why I'm all about shifting women to purpose, because as we talk through things, women really find out once they say, yes, I'm worthy to be saved. And yes, my life is important. Then all of a sudden their purpose is misaligned. They're doing something that they don't love, that they're not passionate about. And then starts the whole transition of, okay, I'm worth doing what I really love to do. So once you find that purpose, I think it's so much easier to continue that growth because now the joy comes back, right? The joy wasn't in another person or, you know, material things. It becomes something much more deeper that anchors your soul because at that point, that's authenticity right there on display. You're pursuing something that aligns with who you truly are. And oftentimes, grief or traumatic experiences or something that goes awry, uncovers all of that and that to me is the beauty of it you know there is beauty in that pain
0: yes um that's good the growth that comes from the grief folks is like i say all the time and be the one you need and and on all these podcasts i always come back to self because everything always comes back to self yeah and what you decide what you choose for you you can't make other people do things love you like you help you support you be there for you be right to you. You can only work on you. And when you change and when you shift, that's when you see the change in the shift in others, because they recognize either I'm going to get on board with this or I'm going to miss out. And this person's (laughs) going down a path that either I don't want to go with them or I do, but I know that they're going somewhere. And if I don't, kind of amend myself to that and honor that and respect their boundaries and respect their growth, I'm going to lose them lose from them. my life. Yes. And so uh, the final thing I want to talk about these last five minutes is resiliency, because I think that that is an, um, an emotion, a virtue, a value that we need to teach our kids starting in grade school. I think that this generation is struggling with a lot of anxiety, depression, suicide, uh, darkness, Because we haven't taught them the powerful skill of resiliency. And it's something that you have to do over and over and over again throughout your life. Because life throws stuff at you every single day. Uh, But you went through something that all of us will face death. We will experience it ourselves. And we will lose our loved ones. You've lost a father. And you've lost a husband. And not too distant of a period apart. uh, The two most important men in your life. Yes. Um, how did, how did you do resiliency out of this? We talked about grief and growth, but what about resiliency and what does it mean and how do we live it?
1: Yeah. So the, the first word that comes to my mind when I think of resiliency is flexibility or elasticity, like the ability to maneuver and flow. And a lot of times, um, resiliency comes or has to come into play when you are moved or jarred from your your position. Something's shifted, your path has changed, the direction has changed, something has shifted dramatically for you. And it makes you reassess your location, reassess what's happening, how you function in everyday life. And so for me, it was all about flexibility because if I maintained my rigidity, There is no way that I could open myself up to growth. I mean, think about a plant, right? Like you have a plant that's in, it's rooted in its grounds. Yes, the roots are firm, but it has to be flexible in order to grow. It's got to be able to maneuver into the soil. If the soil is very firm and rigid, it's not going to grow. And so resiliency to me means you're easily able to adapt to change and for me obviously losing my husband was a huge change and i had to adapt i had to spring back into shape right just like a rubber band it's i was stretched i thought i was going to break but i took my breaths i meditated i stayed in prayer and felt my way through that pain and then eventually that rubber band came back to its original form or even larger quite frankly but it's just about maintaining that flexibility in your life. Don't be so rigid. Know that this is a different journey. You may not have control over what's happening, but ultimately you have to flow. You have to just be at peace and let things just go. And then you'll know, you'll know.
0: You know, I think you said something key. Um, I had to sit, take my breaths and feel the pain. Yeah, Folks, that is... That's big. That's huge. Um, <laughs> again, in my study time um, this weekend with uh, my best friend, we study every day and we talk mm. every day. And we've been on this topic in a uh, Oprah's new love journal about choosing yourself and putting yeah. yourself first, which of course my book is all about. And it's not that you're being selfish, but it's that you're giving yourself the space to say my first duty is to myself, I owe myself, I have to honor myself and have to take care of myself because if I don't, I won't be a good mother to my kids. I won't be a good spouse to my husband or my wife. (laughs) I won't be a good daughter, sister, friend, uh, employer, boss, because when we're out of control, when we're spinning off our own axis, when we're reacting and we're not responding, We're not being authentic and you talking about having the courage to sit in your pain and to feel it. Yeah. And folks, that is where the magic is. That is where the deepness in relationships is. When we have the courage to face whatever it is and sit in it, we grow (laughs) through it and then we become more resilient and we're able to learn from it. And when, as Maya Angelou once said, when I learn, I do what I teach. Right. And I think we're at this place now where we're in this big, huge global place of suppression, anger, venting, lying, being inauthentic, posting these fake pictures on Instagram and all these (laughs) places with these fake lives that aren't real. And everybody's trying to, 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 to come up with this image of perfection and this image of, Oh, I got this and this hustle culture and this grind culture and this quitting, you know, culture. It's a, I block you, I delete you, I unfriend you,
1: mm-hmm. I, I'm done with you.
0: <laughs> that makes you a fool out there if you're listening. Yeah, I called you a fool because if that's the way you're living your life, you're not living life. It's not authentic, yes. It's right? And, and so as we wrap growth through grief to a place of resilience, again, I go back to your website, which I really just love the positivity of the shifting, the the, <laughs> the internal work, the work within end us out on whatever you want about why it matters to do the work from within and to heal from within and to to get in, inside your own head and your own self um you are someone who's not some zen guru who sits in a temple somewhere <laughs> in you know bali no. somewhere across the globe you are someone that works in uh, national security you have a uh, a, a very serious job. You also, like I said, are a mom of three. Um, your mom's going to be uh, coming with you as you go to your next assignment. And um, you have a very structured, very serious adult life, but yet you're up here talking about this shifting and healing from within. <laughs> uh, well, end us out on that, um, Angela. What, what, why does that matter?
1: If you do not confront yourself, yourself will confront you. And I say that because look at all of the things that we see on the news. You have got to deal with you because you is going to come out. Um, uh, You've got the plethora of school shootings. You have people just breaking down, having mental breakdowns. You have people who are dancing on TikTok and 24 hours later take their lives you have got to do that work. You can no longer suppress issues, suppress longstanding things that have been, you know, putting a toil on your life. You've got to confront it because if not, you are going to combust from within. You cannot maintain this. Like I, you know, like I was telling you last night, I feel like the entire earth, the universe is demanding authenticity, so there are just so many layers of untruths that are just being peeled away, and it also happens to us individually, so where I'm not talking just governmental institutions and systems and things that we thought were solid. It's coming down to who are you? Who are you authentically? People need that. People are going to desire that as we get inundated with things that we're not sure if they're real or not real. You know what?
0: You said a word <laughs> there. Um, I was having a conversation with a, a gentleman friend this morning on text and I sent him a uh, an article and it was talking about uh, in the Washington Post today about how marriage is on the decline and mm. how people are just going it alone and i was saying to him you know we're both uh you know in our 50s and and you know we were, we were talking back and forth and and i said you know the problem is it's inauthenticity and it's and it's also surface the reason people don't engage anymore is because nobody wants to do the work of relationship relationships are hard oh my they, goodness they require yes. work sacrifice uh putting someone's needs above your own and then having them they've got to do the same that reciprocity the 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 way a a relationship changes when you have children you bring children into (laughs) it and and all this stuff and nobody wants to do the work because it's about surface now it's about listen you know I want to do this thing fast our fans are no longer present and we were you and I were talking about this you know about you know we got balloons floating above us now we got maybe aliens coming (laughs) we don't know what's going on right people are very fragile right now and they don't realize that they're missing the blessing that comes from the magic of focusing on you fixing you facing you and then knowing what you want what you need and how you feel and then being able to meet another whole yes connect another whole person I didn't say half person. I said another whole person who's done the work, who also is digging deeper and who is able to have gone through things and learned from them and use them. That's the beauty of a real relationship. Yes. When it's authentic and real and raw, not all this hiding bullshit
1: we do. Right, exactly. Don't get
0: me started. I'll go off on a tangent. <laughs> but I'll give you the last word about, again, back to what you talk about that inner work um yeah You were talking about why it matters but what 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 is your message here um let's end black history month and go into women's history month and and again i'm going to give you a few minutes just to kind of to to do a bit of a monologue here on talk to women of color about the importance of of really doing the work because i think we're socialized not to and then talk to all of us all women as we head into Women's History Month about shifting into our purpose and and why that matters.
1: Yeah, so definitely for my fellow um, women of color, you know, you said it correctly, Sophia, and that is we're taught not to really deal with our emotions. We're taught to be resilient. You know, that's something that we had to be, you know, it was forced on us through circumstances for us to survive, but we're not taught to thrive. Um, And there is a huge difference between the two. And so to women of color, you have got to take the time to heal. You're worthy of healing. You're worthy of feeling the load come off of your shoulders. You don't have to carry the whole world. Yes, you know, there's that saying, we're called to save the world, but you can't do that unless you're whole, unless you're healed and providing a safe space in order to do that i recognize is super important which is why i do these retreats i think it's important for us to find that safe space but then to the women in a broader sense as we go into women's history month for us to be leaders you know we're called to that i don't know there's so many open opportunities are coming across where women are going into heading fortune 500 companies things are really looking in our favor And we have the intuition and we understand the importance of psychological safety. But in order to continue that trajectory, you have to maintain yourself and not lose yourself in the midst of that. And so for women, please continue to lead on that emotional journey because our men need that too. They desperately need that. And so definitely continue to do the work, do the work.
0: Yeah, I, I appreciate that. Thank you for that. Listen, we're going to have you back uh, again and again, because I I want to do, um, and maybe we'll do this as a live uh, masterclass as well. Like I do uh, every first day of the new year, I have a live masterclass. And this year it was on the power of the pause and just mm, stopping yeah. and giving yourself a minute and stop reacting to every damn thing. And right. Just, just chill, <laughs> take a breath. And I think um, the work you're doing is important. Tell us a little bit about, again, where people can follow you on social media and learn more about your domestic retreat that you have here uh, annually. And I know it's a very small uh, group that you do, but just tell us a little bit about where they can follow you and find you, learn more.
1: Absolutely. So I'm definitely on Facebook and Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter, Coach Angela Carey. You can find me on there. Um, but I definitely do. Um, I'm excited about this annual retreat that I've been doing. And as Sophia mentioned, she was there for the first one and coming to do the second one. Um, it will be this time not in Boca, but will be in uh, Dana Point, California, Orange County at the Waldorf Astoria. Uh, June 8th through the 11th, Um, you can certainly find out more information about that retreat, but it's specifically curated for high-performing professional women. Why? Because I'm that person and I understand what we deal with. I understand the pressures that we're under, but I also understand more importantly, how much we desperately need to take care of ourselves, mind, body, soul, and so that's the whole purpose of inner work. Um, you can find that on my website, angelacarry.com under the events page, or we have an actual event website, InHerWork.com, that has all the information about um, the retreat, what's included, um, all the great information. But I'm excited about it because it's taken off. And I think a lot of women are realizing they need that space to be able to renew, reconnect, repurpose themselves and connect with other women who are just like them.
0: Yeah, that's it, folks. Um, This has been a really good podcast, Angela. And like I said, I could, you and I could go on for (laughs) a long time. And I promise you we'll do more um, because I do, I think that inside work, that being the one you need first is the key to unlocking happiness, joy, peace, success, and and everything else you want in your life. And I, I do think we're in a global moment where people are struggling, because like you said, the universe, God, spirit, whatever you want to call it is, is demanding of us to go higher and to lift each other higher and to meet each other in a more authentic place of this is who I am, who are you? and, And where can we find the joy in that instead of trying to make you be this or not like you because you are that or not want you around me because your skin's different from mine, or I don't, you know, we're, we're in this crazy place right now. And you can see it all around us of anxiety, anger, of uh, people not wanting to move forward and face the reality that the United States of America in particular is browning and becoming right. more diverse. And it's not what it was 50 or hundred years ago. And people are resistant to that change right. um, and it, right. it creates conflict. And uh, I think the blessing in life is to lean into change because change is actually, The one constant in life.
1: Absolutely. Leads to growth. It's that lead. That's the resilience. You got to flow.
0: (laughs) Got to be flexible. Fair, focused, and flexible. That's the code. But that's another conversation for another day. I love you, girl. Thanks for being with us. Uh, I look forward to more. Take care.
1: Yes. All right.